Chapter 26 Wickham came up fast, lying on the floor of the great room he was, just where he'd put himself on his wadded blanket with the shawl around his shoulders and not around his middle. He wiped the back of his hand across his forehead, waiting for his heart to slow. Remembering the shock of icy water, its force pounding his chest, sucking out his breath. He got up and crunched out through the archway to the door. It was firmly closed, as he had left it. He opened it and stuck out his head. All was calm. No sound of water. Save for his own breathing, no sound of anything at all. The moon was gone over the trees, leaving total dark. Wiccan closed the door again and felt his way back to his blanket. Those folk, that waterfall, and toppling off the ledge still seemed so real. Had it been a dream? He lay down on his back, knees bent up, staring up into the dark. Dreams were vague all jumbled up, and only bits remained on waking. His experience just now had been so orderly, and he remembered every detail. If not a dream, what then? A vision? Those people standing over him, there, in that very chamber. Had they made it for him to see? It had seemed so real going to the fall, standing in the middle of it all, and feeling such a part of it. The folk had reappeared there in mantles of the same stuff as his shawl. Shawl. He saw again his mother trapped between the two advancing figures, the baby at her chest. So long ago, some fourteen years, if his age was reckoned right. Where was his mother running to in the middle of the night? And from whom? Those two advancing on her from both ends of the ledge. She had feared them enough to lose her balance and take that terrible fall. He closed his eyes, feeling once again the icy mass tumbling him down. Was that how it had felt those many years before? He and his mother must have been swept away so fast. By some miracle, they had survived the rocks and cold and drowning.
and chalk. And somehow, still bound together, they'd ended up beneath the creek. Miracle or magic? Was there magic even here? Those folk who had stood over him, did they have magic of some kind? And had they used it to conjure that vision? They certainly were strange. The sparkle of their shapes had not come from the mantle cloth. And the way they'd vanished. At the waterfall, he'd thought that maybe they'd shifted, just as he could. But maybe not. Maybe they were ghosts. Nights in the Hicksad, the elder boys passed on tales of mountain spirits, ghosts of miners haunting the deep tunnels, lost scouts walking the ice slopes underneath the stars. In some tales, the ghosts appeared to warn of rockfall or ice storm. In others, they were just sad spirits wandering in search of home. While the boys professed not to believe those tales, not one ever ventured to the sluices until morning. Wiccan sat hugging his knees. All thought of sleep gone. If they were ghosts, then his journey had been for nothing. And hadn't Gom tried so hard to stop him from making it? Serve him right for not listening, except if Gom had simply told him that his folk no longer lived, he might have saved them all a deal of trouble. Such weight he had laid on his finding them. Oh, who would help his mother now? Of course, we couldn't be sure if those sparkling figures, those ghosts, had ever been his folk. He'd thought that when they met, he'd know it right away. But if these were his kin, he hadn't felt it. Wiccan let out a sigh. He'd thought it all so simple. Find his folk, save his mother. But the mystery ever deepened. The questions multiplied. And here he was. No food. No water and miles from anywhere. He began to rock back and forth, deep into his worry. His mother. Did Gom keep her alive? How would he help her now, and how would he ever get back to her? Around and around he brooded, through the dark hours, 
until pale grey marked the tall panes in the eastern wall. Climbing to his feet, Wiccan shook out his shawl and, tying it around his waist, made for the door. Outside in the chill dawn light, Wiccan listened. Still silence, quickly broken. Well, you've certainly taken your time. Kiki was waiting on a nearby branch and of a mind to brag about her own early rising. Beneath the branch, Wiccan saw, was a well served by a rusty pump. Now, how Wiccan knew it was a well and pump, I can't tell you, for there were none such under the crib. He just did. Wiccan leaned on the handle until it moved down an inch or two with a groaning and a grinding that set his teeth on edge. There it stuck and wouldn't budge either way. Wasting your time, KK told him. There wasn't any water in that thing when Gomb was here, and that is going back some. Ignoring KK's comments, Wiccan cast about and found a bucket on a rope half buried in a mat of dried up goldenrod. He hauled them to the well, lowered the bucket over the sill until Almost at the rope's end, it landed with a bump against the bottom. I told you so! There's no water here, KK remarked. No spring, no creek, everything dried up. Well, you would come even when I tried to tell you. Maybe when Gong gets here, you'll be in a mood to listen. Wiccan looked up, smacking his hands together. If you've finished jabbering, there's a waterfall somewhere near here. Can you show me the way? That was not entirely why he had to find the falls. The answer to the strangeness, or at least part of it, lay there. But he wasn't going to tell the bird that, or anything about his vision. His guide shot up, came down again screeching. Wiccan watched with interest. Was it on account of what he'd said? Hard to tell, for it did that all the time. Reaching out, he met with a mix of fear, or maybe shock and disapproval. Well, the creature disapproved of everything he did, so that was nothing new. But fear? Was it of the waterfall, maybe? Or the thought of Wiccan venturing more deeply into that wasteland? I need to wash, Wiccan said. And I need to drink. If you won't show me, I'll find it for myself. 
the bird shot skyward, then veered away towards the green. To get its breakfast likely, Wiccan decided, for it would find none in that place. Wiccan looked down at himself. His clothes were crumpled and dusty, his hands were dirty, even the shawl was layered in fine dust. He turned to go. He'd leave his pack, he decided. While it held what small treasures he had, it was safe enough, for who was there to steal it? He closed the lodge door and stood with his back against it, taking stock. In his vision, the noise of falling water had come from his right. Wiccan surveyed the screen of dead, dry bushes. There, an opening of sorts, obscured by brushwood. Close up, it was difficult to pick out, but there was enough left of a path to follow, leading away from the lodge. This must have been the path, Wiccan told himself that he'd taken in his vision. One last look behind, and Wiccan pushed his way into the tangle. Half an hour later, Wiccan was still pushing through, clothes torn, hair wild, Sweat beading his face. It was harder going than in his vision. He craved water now, splashing on his skin, trickling down his parched throat. And he was so hungry. He stumbled on, his empty middle aching, eyes fixed on the way ahead. All at once he halted. Thunder. Wiccan gazed up through bare branches to the clear blue sky. Though new to the world outside, he'd learned to recognise the change in light, the charged air, the massing cloud that boded storm. Thunder? He listened again, and, knowing its source now, hurried on. The way rose steeply. Up he went and up, hauling aside huge branches, stepping over jutting rock, pushing through dead undergrowth, until all at once he came out on the place where he had stood the night before. For an instant, his Old panic flashed, threatening his balance. Take hold, he told himself sternly. This is nothing like the heights upon the creek. His middle, already jittery from sheer hunger, roiled and boiled, wings fluttered in his ears. 
Don't look out and don't look down, Ethac had warned him. Wigan took a deep breath and glanced across to the farther bank. He had to, drawn to the spot where folk had stood, half hoping to see them there again. But if they were, he couldn't see them, for it was lost in mist that boiled up from the river far below. Fixing on the ground, Wiccan inched along the crest, then down the bank to where the ledge began. In the dark of his vision, it had not been so bad. There, in the daylight, the slope seemed so much steeper than he remembered, and lacking anything to cling to should he lose his footing. Almost at the ledge, we can slid on loose shale, skidding onto his back, rock and pebble streaming past to fall into the chasm below. Digging in his heels, he slowed his downward path. Then, as he halted, he simply lay, staring up at blue sky, not venturing to move further. The thunderous roar of water was overwhelming now. Spray filled the air, misting his hair, beading his skin. As soon as he dared, he raised his head and took his bearings. Half a dozen strides would get him to that ledge, if he were of a mind for striving. Wigan crawled along towards it on his belly, until at last he reached the ledge sill. Wiccan sat up slowly, shaking with relief. But when he looked into the gloom behind the falls, he grew even more afraid. He shut his eyes against the image of his mother teetering out from the cliff face and passing through that deadly curtain. He couldn't go on. He couldn't. Neither could he turn back. You want answers, he told himself grimly. They're over there. Wickham stood and set his right foot sideways on the ledge. Then, pressing his back into the wall, as he had in his vision, he brought his left foot alongside. Eyes right, he sidled along, his mind focused on the far side, on answers waiting. On he went, until all at once he stopped, his skin goosing up all over. This was where he'd stopped the night before, where mother and baby had gone off the ledge. 
Wigan glanced up at the waters roiling past. He couldn't help it. Take a hold. That was then. This is now. You're alive, your mother too. If there's still any chance of helping her, it's not here. Move on. When Wigan reached the far side, his knees gave way. He went down on all fours, eyes shut, head spinning. After a while, he looked up along the misty bank. No sign of anyone as far as he could see. Presently, he smiled, then broke out into laughter. His clothes, his hair were sopping wet, and his shoes were filled with water. He'd made it all the way across that dizzy ledge without swallowing a drop. He got onto his feet and hauled himself up a wooded slope much kinder than the one he'd left. The path resumed what remained of it. Up and down it wound, under what must have been lush green woodland. Just as Wiccan began to wonder if it would ever end, he came out onto wide space strewn with the remains of what had been giant trees, massive as the ancients of the Thunderfoss. These, however, did not soar towards the sky, but lay rotting amid... What? Wiccan moved among them. To his amazement, finding bits of pottery and parchment and cloth. A broken window frame with shattered panes. Half a door. Partial flights of steps. Rotted trees. Ruined dwellings. No people. Those he'd seen in his vision had been ghosts. He was sure of that now. The ghosts of the Hicksad always had some sad tale to tell of their history, of their downfall, or a warning to share. If you don't heed my words, this might happen to you. Those ghosts were telling him of what? A calamity that had come upon them all? Some terrible blow of nature, maybe? His mother was special. The Quigmoran had recognised that. Perhaps she had seen the calamity coming and had tried to flee before it. Wiccan shook his head. She would have sounded warning, not stolen away, leaving everyone else to die. She would have fled while it was happening. But what of the two who had tried to stop her? 
Wiccan moved on, climbing over and under great chunks of tree and debris until all at once he came out onto a wide round space oddly clear of clutter. It had likely been green once, the floor cushioned in soft springy grass. Stooping, Wiccan pressed it with his hand. Dry and whispery, and nor the colour of ripe wheat, it was still soft and deliciously warm. Quite without knowing why, Wiccan sat, then stretched out flat on his back, gazing up at the mild blue sky. About an hour past noon, and the company kept going. Gom's belly grumbled. He looked to Leona, riding in the van. Even as he noticed the drooping shoulders, the lulling head, Leona slid sideways and would have fallen from the saddle had Farewell not reached out to catch her. The company dismounted. My lady... Farewell attempted his old lightness. If you'll allow me. Leona waved off his outstretched hand, sliding unaided to the ground. All through the quick noontide fight, Farewell sat, looking to Leona. When at last everyone remounted, he was at her side. You seem weary, my lady. Share my saddle, if you will. You are most kind, Leona said. But I am fit to ride my own horse still. Nay, Henselaw moved up now. My lady, we still have a way to go, and fast. We have a double saddle. It fits my horse well. He cut a rare smile. As your wakener, I command it. Leona looked to Gom's small grey. No room for double saddle there. You are most kind, she said, catching Gom's eye, and suffered herself to be mounted on the elder's great chestnut. Gom rode up beside Farewell. If someone offered me a saddlebag, I'd take it. It's been a long, hard ride. Farewell looked at Gom, his face bleak as a late November evening. And I, for one, will be glad to see it done. He nudged his horse away. Sighing, Gom looked to the horizon. An hour, two, and they should sight the woodland fringe. The company was just rising to the gallop when a black speck came hurtling towards them. Gom shaded his eyes, looking skyward. 
Kiki. The marsh hawk hooked her claws into Gom's jacket shoulder, almost overshooting in her rush. The hawk. Leona had Hanselor move up. Is there news? There is. If she'll let me get a word in. KK snapped. He's gone into the woodland. I led him to that lodge place near the edge. But the fool pushed on this morning even though I warned him. How far? KK ruffled her feathers. How would I know? You didn't just go off and leave him. No, though I should have. That's certainly what he deserved. I followed him some little way, from high up so he didn't see me. Through those falls... Kiki, Gom glanced to Leona. What could I have done? He made it to the other side. When he started out the bank, I thought I'd best come back for you. Lucky you took this trail. We could have passed each other. Leona's face was white and anxious. Gom, he's headed for the concourse. Then so are we, Elder Hanselor. Hanselor raised his arm. Forward with all speed. Young Alflafor's in danger of his life. <laughs>